The following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Comey Snake. Welcome to Escape from New York Minute, where we celebrate and analyze the dystopian classic one minute at a time. I am Molly Balin. And I am Eric Deutsch. And we welcome back geek culture and technology writer extraordinaire, Carol Pinchevsky. Hi there. <laughs> That's Jesus, so soft and welcoming. <laughs> no, it's, it's too pleasant for a movie about a prison. <laughs> but it's not just any movie about a prison. It's an awesome movie about a prison. <laughs> it's just like so welcoming. It's like, here, have some tea. Welcome to prison. <laughs> I, just, I just finished my cup. So this minute starts out with Cabby very excited to show off Snake to Brain, but unfortunately, the scene turns sour quickly as that is discovered that Snake knows Brain from the past, and the minute ends with Snake pulling his gun on him. Yeah, we're in Brain's library. We're in the, what I named our Facebook group after. We finally made it here. How exciting. Isn't it, isn't it funny how you run into people in the strangest places? <laughs> like, my husband and I, we were in Tokyo. And we were in the subway in Tokyo. And and suddenly, without warning, this, this old Japanese woman runs up to him and saying, Peter, Peter. And, and... And she knew him because he had met her son through another friend and like, like two years prior to that. Whoa. So yeah. So like one of the three people who could have known him in Tokyo recognized him in a subway. I, normally I would call bullshit, but, th- but it's happened. I've seen it happen. <laughs> You know, people just run into each other in the strangest places. See, that's just a strange karmic kismet in a city of like how many millions, you know, yeah. to run into somebody random like that. It's like, woo. Yeah, I, I have one of those kind of stories. This is years ago before we had kids. My wife and I were on vacation in Philadelphia and I used to live in Wisconsin years ago. And when I got back. I, I got an email from an ex-girlfriend from my time when I was living in Wisconsin oh. saying, Were you in Philadelphia last weekend? And I was like, yeah. She said, my sister was on vacation with her kid, and she thought she saw you. But, you know, wasn't <laughs> sure, so she didn't want to go up to you. I was like, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weird. <laughs> Molly, Molly, did you have that story, too? I can't think of anything random like that, that kind of kismet meeting that I've had. I haven't had the pleasure yet. <laughs> well, well, they, they happen. They really, really do happen. So, you know, the idea that, that uh, snake can actually meet his ex partner uh, in, in some weird prison <laughs> that, that he shouldn't actually be in. I mean, that's, you know, Weird things like that kind of do happen. And we get Brain's real name, and we know why he's called Brain now, because I'd call myself Brain too if my name was Harold Hellman. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> made me think of John Wayne. How John Wayne really oh. Mar- Marion Morrison, you know? Marion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, but uh but now we get to meet uh uh harry dean stanton yeah we do another top-notch character actor here this movie's just got incredible casting yeah i i love every i i just love the casting of this film and in fact actually uh adrian barbeau uh she's she's john carpenter the director's wife but right She's, but she's a better actress than that. <laughs> you yes. know? Yeah. Like I, I we were watching this, my husband and I together a few days ago. And, and, uh, I said, you know, she's the director's wife. He said, no, but she's a good actress. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But I, so I, I just, I love the way this film is cast. Yeah. So we've got Harry Dean Stanton here as Brain. Uh, you know, I mean, he's he's the real deal. Long, long, long storied career. I mean, the stuff I personally know him the most from other than this movie, uh, Pretty in Pink and Alien. Uh, he's in Red Dawn. He's got a, a funny cameo in The Avengers, which is probably playing off of his role from Alien. Don't forget. And, don't forget Repo Man. <laughs> You know, oh, I, I mean, it's not a thing of forgetting. I saw Repo Man once, so I, uh, I don't really remember it. So I mean, li- I saw on IMDb that he's in it. Uh, the life of a Repo Man is always intense, <laughs> and <laughs> and and mm-hmm. different characters gave one of my favorite quotes of all time. <laughs> it's from Repo Man: "The more you drive, the less intelligent you are." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah, I. I uh, I've always liked Harry Dean Stanton, particularly from Alien, and it was just, it wasn't a very big role, but he just he looms so large in it, and just being this quiet guy who kind of just echoed his buddy, and and he was so good in it. I just loved him. Yeah, and uh, um, I'm but I'm not the only fan of Harry Dean Stanton. It turned out that Roger Ebert, the late Roger Ebert, loved him and said that. He he called it like the Harry Dean Stanton law. Like he's in a movie, it can't be too bad. Yeah, it was that he actually it was the Stanton Walsh rule. Uh, that no, no movie featuring Harry Dean Stanton or M. Emmett Walsh can be bad. Emmett Walsh. M. M. Emmett Walsh. Yeah, I don't think I know. He's, him. he's one of those guys. If you saw his face, you would know him. He's another guy that's been in a million things. Oh, you mean that guy who was in that thing that one time? Yeah, yeah. He's another one of those guys who just, uh-huh. you know, you definitely would know his face. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that, that there was another guy besides Harry Dean Stanton who had the same, that same honor. <laughs> and he's another one that was part of that John Carpenter, you know, repeat business thing. He was also in Christine, and then John Carpenter at some point, was going to develop a TV show about a private investigator, and he offered the lead to Harry Dean Stanton, but he turned it down, and then I guess the show never actually was made anyway. But So just yet another in that long list of people that, you know, worked with John Carpenter multiple times. Why would he turn it down? No. Well, it turns out it was good Mm -hmm. if the show was never made. Oh, right. Mm. Good point. Yeah, I've, I've always loved Harry Dean Stanton, too, so we get, you know, we... I get, I've got this great minute to cover <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton. And not only is it Harry Dean Stanton, it's Harry Dean Stanton wearing a cravat. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's dressed like a French painter from the 1870s. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I guess you know, just when you're when you're in Manhattan prison, you're just like, what the hell? I'll accessorize. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do you know that he was 55 years old when escape from new york came out he is oh right yeah he yeah because he was born in 26 right he he's so much older than he looks you know he has the kind of this ageless face i would have i would have looked at him and said maybe 40 Mm, yeah, Wait, hold on, because I'm older than forty, and he looks a lot older than me in this movie. Well, people age differently then. True, and he was in prison, so right. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, actors, people of the past. I mean, I, I have this picture of my grandmother, who, when she was fifty, she looks, you know, rather old. And interestingly <laughs> enough, the script actually describes Brain. Obviously, he hadn't been cast yet as having a long and shaggy beard. Hmm. And Brain is completely clean shaven in the movie, so obviously once they cast him, they they did away with that because it was as late as the shooting script even still has him as a long and shaggy beard. Hmm. So I wonder why they. I don't. I didn't see anything online of why they went away from that. Maybe he didn't want to wear a fake beard. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Harry Dean Stanton like came out of the womb looking like this. <laughs> like he never was like a child. I just, I have a hard time, like, believing, like, he was a kid or, you know, like, when we see pictures of, like, Ernest Borgnine, like, he really, he he looks like himself. He's a very uh, identifiable set of features that, you know, just, it, there isn't, a, a, I think, a, a wide difference between what he looked like when he was 35 and, you know, when he was older. But Harry Dean Stanton, I feel like he just looked the same, like, he just popped out this way and just kept yeah. on going. Yeah, and he was working up until, I think, the year before he died. Yep. Oh, he was a Navy guy, too. There's a couple of Navy guys in this movie, and he also served in the Navy during World War II. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's when I realized how old he really was, when mm. I learned. I don't know when I learned that, that he had served in World War II. I thought, huh. Was he was he fighting in utero? <laughs> and he had a great. Um, I saw a great quote from him talking about this movie that he, he he went up to John Carpenter and he said, "I'd like to change my lines." And John Carpenter said, "You can do whatever you want, just don't mess with the plot." Oh, mm. great! He has in in terms of acting, two hundred and two IMDb credits. Mm. Wow. 202 so you know a, a good career and and i didn't know he was the kind of actor who would who would improv good for him yeah unfortunately for him snake's not happy to see him though <laughs> uh snake says uh you should remember your past kansas city four years ago interestingly enough in the draft script it was seven years ago so there's a change right there that doesn't really seem to make a difference either way and we get, as we alluded to yesterday, the awesome nickname of their partner. The third member of the crew was Fresno Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Fresno is a really tough town. Fresno, Fresno is, Bob. Fresno is a really tough town. It is, actually. So, you know, Fresno Bob would be a really tough guy. Perhaps, but I, I, he, he probably is. I'm sure he is. If he's hanging with Snake, you have to be tough to hang with Snake. But I just, even as a kid, I always thought this was the funniest name, Fresno Bob. 
I love Fresno Bob so hard. That sounds like a guy who like went down to Tijuana to avoid like extradition has been like just down there evading the FBI for the last 25 years and just gets up it like a goes to a Mexican dive bar and just drinks like piss beer all day and tells you stories. But, love but, Fresno Bob. But then winds up in Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> How does he One last it? job. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they pulled me back for one last job in Kansas City. <laughs> I'm not Kansas City, Bob. No, oh, this is Fresno, Bob, because Fresno is a hard ass town. <laughs> I, I love the world building. Like Kansas City four years ago, you know what they did to Bob? Like. <laughs> world building because you don't know what happened it's like i thought you were dead it's just filling in you kind of have to fill in the blanks yourself and it 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 leads to some really you know great imaginative what ifing. yeah and actually the novel actually does give away what happened to fresno pop and and it is gruesome what happened the police after he's caught because brain betrays him and snake the police skin him alive (gasps) oh 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 no! God, that's awful. That yeah. is just awful. Which police? Which police was it? it it's got to be our friends, the U.S. police force that we've been seeing throughout this movie. I can't think of who else it would be. Oh my God! The Kansas City police oh, murderers! Wow! Wow! Wait a minute! Why didn't they just send him to prison? The Kansas City precinct of the U.S. police force are, are well known for being sadists. Bastards. All right. Well, rest in peace, Fresno Bob. You don't fuck around in Kansas City. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, so right after he says, you know what they did to Bob and Snake, Snake pulls out a gun. And what I like is that Maggie immediately grabs for a knife. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you go, girl. And I, I thought that this to me was proof that she actually cared about brain. Yes. Mm -hmm. Instead of just keeping him alive for the Duke and, you know, keep him sweet. You know, this is, I think it was the way she, it was the intensity of her reaction that made me think, Hey, she actually likes him. Yep. She cares. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she'll show it with a knife. (laughs) Yeah, no, a girl doesn't pull a knife unless, you know, she's got a motivation. And yeah, obviously they have a a relationship going. And we see a little bit of that, I think, towards the next minute, too. There's uh, a a couple of shots that I think shore up that for us as as audience members. But Well, well, for me, I thought it was kind of clear that they had been nesting together when they walk in to the room because the room has freaking throw rugs. (laughs) (laughs) When when you're, you know, bedding down as a couple. So it, it wasn't just, you know, I'm giving you sex and keeping you alive. It's, you know, hey, let's. Let's have a home, honey. (laughs) (laughs) There's homemaking happening. (laughs) Let's talk about something else that's in this room in the background that no one talks about. But boy, is it weird that it's there. There is an oil well, a working oil well, inside Brain's library. 
I was going to save this to the next minute, but I can talk about this now if you want. Oh, may as well, because what the hell? Okay. I can prove that this film is science fiction. Damn it, I lost Carol. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you had me. You did have me, but but this is proof. And I took some notes on this. Manhattan is, is built of metamorphic rocks of Manhattan schist and Fordham nice, G-N-E-I-S-S. It's a type of rock. And it's great for building skyscrapers and subways. It's really dense, thick, hard rock. And according to a page on the William Collins, Williams College website, quote, Metamorphic rock forms when any of the various types are subject to immense amounts of pressure and incredibly high temperatures that literally transform them into new types of rock. Shell becomes schist, limestone becomes marble, and both were folded in with a granite gneiss that had already formed a billion years ago. Now, I mention this because you can't get crude oil out of sedimentary rock. Sediment is organic matter. It's based on organic matter. You can't get crude oil out of you can only get crude oil out of sedimentary rock and you can't get crude oil out of metamorphic rock in other words brains really is a genius because he's getting oil from rock that does not produce oil (laughs) wow that's why this is science fiction (laughs) because this is because new york is based manhattan is based on metamorphic rock not sedimentary rock. And that means that now we know from way back earlier in the movie when they mentioned to Snake, we think they, you know, have a, a power source somehow. We now see very subtly there's the answer. Right. So I have now proven this is science fiction. You, you can get shale oil from a type of rock called schist, but schist is part, uh, sorry, from, you can get shale oil Wait, you can get oil from shale, not schist. So, yeah. The shale, not the schist. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, essentially, he is is creating oil where oil should not be. And, yeah, that makes him really, really brainy. So, yeah, that's where the science fiction comes in. And uh, uh, by the way, do you know the name of the uh, the machine in the background? Mm-mm. I just figured it was an oil drill well thing. Uh, hold on. Um, the real word for it is pump jack. Hmm. Oh. But my husband referred to it as a nodding donkey. Oh. A nodding is, donkey. Is, is that like a, a European term or something? No. No, no, no. It's just um, no. It's just a, a phrase because of the um, the way the head goes up and down. Up oh, and down. well, he just made it up. Okay. No, 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 no. It's an actual. Oh, it is an actual. Thing. Nodding donkey. Yeah, Google it. Nodding donkey. It's real. And basically, it's um, you need a pump jack or nodding donkey when uh, there isn't enough pressure to bring the for for the oil to come up naturally. So ah, okay. this brings the oil up when there's a lack of pressure. So. Yeah, and it brings up something like a gallon, a, a gallon, a nod. But then it really brings to the brings the question back: Why is she using a torch in a room with books and <laughs> an nodding donkey? <laughs> and and why is she using a torch in a room with books, a nodding donkey, and electricity? 
So that's bad. <laughs> that's the, the, one of the few things about this movie I don't like. How does Cabby? Cabby asks for some gasoline, right, some fuel right. for his car, but it's crude oil. It actually has to be refined. Uh-oh. <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> well, that was my question, too, is that how are they refining it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Brain really is brains. <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's, uh, maybe brain just gets the oil, gives it to Duke, and, you know, somewhere else in the city, somebody else is the refining person, you know? Mm. And they have their own Maggie <laughs> to watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. there's, a, there's a whole other movie there that we're not seeing. <laughs> and speaking of Cabby, as he asks for the gas, I mean, Cabby is that clueless person that has no idea what's going on around them you know like this <laughs> snake and brain are staring each other down he's like oh you guys know each other oh great hey brain can i get some gas meanwhile like, <laughs> daggers at each other with their eyes <laughs> actually i noticed uh brain brain's eyes he's kind of like looking around for the exits you know he's like, <laughs> nervous. don't you think yeah yeah, yeah. he's I also like how Maggie's like, you didn't tell me that you knew Snake Preskin and just <laughs> can tell that this is going to be a fight. You know, uh-huh. I just I, I just can totally see how there's going to be a like a relationship fight. Like you you have this past that you've never told me about. Oh, right. Right. But do they actually have time to fight? Right. Time to have that boyfriend girlfriend conversation. No, no, they don't. But I, it's it's interesting that there's this three pronged set of energies in this moment because you've got Cabby, as Eric was saying, was being kind of a dumbass. Be like, hey, get some gas, and you've got her spinning up, being like, you didn't tell me about him, and then you've got Snake who's getting upset because he's like, hey, hey, you fucked me over four years ago, and I found you, and now the bill's <laughs> coming due. <laughs> Well, he wasn't even looking for him. It was just a bonus. Yes, yes. It was a, hey, (laughs) so glad you're here. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, this one's for Fresno Bob. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Yeah, I mean, I like that this is also a moment that Snake is basically calling Brain out for being unloyal. Yeah, that that would kind of um, put a, a question in my head. Had I been his girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Oh. Right. So, so you leave the people who need you. Hmm. What's that about, honey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's very blasé about it. He's like, you left. You you were late. He's very calm about it. Right. There was a justification for it. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. You know, he doesn't... I mean, he seems concerned but at the same time he's not freaking out Mm -hmm. right maybe he knows where the traps are (laughs) right Right. wouldn't you have traps and you know kind of escapes in that in that in your home in that time and place i yeah i think that's warranted although given the amount of flammable objects (laughs) there and the fire. <laughs> and the fire. So, yeah, maybe they've got some homemade, you know, plastique or something that's strapped to the nodding donkey that if, you know, something goes down. Right. Um, or maybe they just have 
you know, the backing of the Duke and they're providing a very necessary resource. Right. And so maybe there's a a level of relaxation there that should something untoward befall them, there will be a very large gang coming their way to, to tend to whoever, you know, messed with them. Right. Right. So snake points a gun at, sorry. Yeah. Snake points a gun at brain and then, but, He's also got a foot planted on him, pushing him back, which means he's off balance. I'm trying to figure out why Maggie didn't do a leg sweep. Mm. Well, he's got the gun. She could do the leg sweep, but if he if his finger if his trigger finger just twitches, mm-hmm. you know, brain's dead. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right. All right, Carol, thanks for joining us again today. Carol will be back again tomorrow. Go let everyone know again where they can find you out in the internet. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at Carol Pinchevsky, C-A-R-O-L, Pinchevsky, pin like the needle, chef like the cook, sky like the thing above you. And my website is carolpinchevsky.com. All right, and we're on Twitter also. That's NY Minute Pod. We're on Facebook in Brains Library. Just like in this very minute we're talking about, the Escape from New York Minute Hangout. Uh, Rate and review us if you like what you hear. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And so until tomorrow, be on time, stay out of the sewers, and we'll meet you on the other side of the wall. Mm